0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Rampant Mumblings. If this is your first time listening, thank you very much for giving it the space on your device to give it a listen to. And if you're a regular listener, thank you as well. This episode is going to be slightly different to the ones I normally do, where there is some tech involved, because I really just wanted to share with you the weekend that's just gone and what it was like for me to do my first ever half marathon. And I will have some tech stories along the way, namely, my iPhone is dead, or it's very, very, Poorly, I mean incredibly poorly. So, with that in mind, let's crack on with episode 41 of the Rampant Mumblings. So, where do we start? Well, let's go from booking the accommodation. And as, as people like, well, if you listen to the show before, you know that I like to try and use my iOS device whenever possible, just purely because I like to see if things live up to the marketing hype. And well, is it possible? So I went ahead and used Airbnb, primarily because it was getting so horrifically, horrifically expensive. I mean, for the two nights in car, um, in Newcastle, I should say, you're looking at around about £140 per, 140 ppm per person per night. So I was quite ecstatic when I found a room on Airbnb for 35 And then I realised it's per person per night. Airbnb really, really doesn't make that abundantly clear. So that was all sorted out, all good. The journey up, well, before we get to the journey up, we packed up, and then Saturday morning, it was a case of dropping the dogs off to the kennels. so they absolutely love that until they realised that we we're abandoning them again for the weekend. And then is the drive. Four hundred and twenty miles using Apple Maps, and I think it, for once it was all right. It got us all the way there. There were one or two spots where maybe the mapping information was a little bit off, and it would say follow the road, uh, follow turn right. Well, actually, it should say bear round to the right. But nothing major. Google would have probably got that wrong. And and roughly about. 6.20pm we arrived after an almighty eight and a half hours driving now to be fair we did stop along the way the car didn't miss a beat but lordy lordy we were absolutely beaten so we checked in and of course i completely forgot that airbnb is you're basically renting someone's spare room so of course being a little bit disorientated not quite with it after being in a car for all that long I'm shown to a room and it can only be described as a room with the most minimal amount of stuff as possible, which is, yeah, fair enough. You are in someone's spare room. Not bad. The host, Rick, was really, really nice, really accommodating, uh, even if he did have to mention that. Um, In fact, he gave some good hints and tips about using Airbnb, which I will share in another podcast, hopefully. It was then time to venture out onto the Geordie streets, and I honestly thought that it was a bit of an urban legend about just how short the skirts were up north. No. Even my girlfriend commented saying, Blinky Neck, they're short, or something something along those lines anyway. It is definitely, definitely a party time. So we, again... You know, before running, we go and load up with pasta. There's a brilliant, brilliant place in Newcastle upon time called Panis, spelt P-A-N-I-S, where we got two really nice bowls of pasta with something and a glass of wine for £35. Highly, highly recommend it. And it's got a five-star review for me on the old TripAdvisor as well. After one or two more drinks, and literally really was one or two more drinks, which is, you know, just to settle the nerves, which I think is fair enough bed. Wake up in the morning and then have a bit of a panic attack because I realised that the one job I had to do on the way up when I wasn't driving the full distance was create a playlist. Now, bitter experience has taught me that there's absolutely no point trying to use your phone unless it's for Runkeeper, Strava or any other sort of fitness tracking app unless you're running a very, very small race. I've done it once or twice before, and the second that this has been more than 20 people on a mobile phone, civilization as we know it collapses, and data becomes pretty useless. So being early in the morning in a strange place, not quite knowing where to go, we've still got to drop off the bags and get everything else sorted with the gel packs. Ugh, the gel pack. That. Ugh. There was one gel pack that decided it was going to be my nemesis throughout the entire race, including taking down my iPhone, which I'll go into in a moment. But anyway, there I am going through my music, tapping on one item at a time to download it and then creating a playlist. So I thought, right, I'll download this, download this. And I thought, oh, there's got to be an easier way than this. And this is where my tech tip of the day comes from. Did you know, and let's face it, you probably did, you can create a playlist on your iPhone, add music to it, and the little three dots down in the bottom right, if you click on them and say make available offline, if you're if you're using Apple Music or Apple Match, or is it Apple Mix Match? I, I can't remember what it's called now. If you select make available offline, it then downloads all of the songs in your queue, which is absolutely absolutely brilliant and i wish i'd found that out with more than half hours ago before we had to go to the start line walking to the start line was brilliant because our accommodation was literally about five minutes away from st james's park and then it was another i'd say about a mile and a half from the start to our starting position no probably about a mile i would say from where the actual start line was to where we actually got through to our pens and we we were right in the back and that was done. With a bit of tactical sense, because I never run 12 miles before, the maximum I've ever done has been 6, and the maximum time I've ever run is for 1 hour, so I was really, really entering the unknown zone here. The clock starts counting down, as it's 10.30, we've 10 minutes to go, and all the organisers are whipping everyone up, the music comes over the tannoy system, and we're almost ready to go. 10.40 comes and goes, bang. The gun goes and it's time for the race for the rest of us. The elite athletes have already gone at this point. Mile one, excellent. No problem at all. Running with the other half, having a bit of fun. Although she doesn't seem to appreciate my overly chipper demeanor when we're running. In fact, it's something like, will you please stop doing that? You're winding me up. But in a a little bit more terse language, shall we say. Mile two comes and goes. And then... The gel pack incident happens. So I'm running along, thinking, right, I'm just going to check my bag, check everything's going. I put my hand into my uh, into my bag that I've got that I'm wearing, and oh no, all I can feel is a sticky, sticky, horrible, gloopy, sugary, glucosey mess. Turns out that the gel pack from hell that we packed last night, that I knew had a little bit of a hole in it, had decided to get, well, the hole had decided to get bigger of its own accord. And, uh, well, pretty much, if you imagine cooking sugar in water on a hob, and then letting it cool down a little bit, and then just slathering the entire front of your your iPhone with it, that was the situation I was in. But I persevered, I kept a hold of that gel pack, thinking... Okay, I'll have that. And I had a spare bag, so I wrapped up my iPhone in the bag. Mile 2.7, just before me and the the girlfriend decided to go, right, I'm going to run my race, you're going to run your race. Go to check my phone just for my splits and everything. It had somehow even managed to undo the... I swear to God, it had undone the bag. It was a ziplock bag, and yet it still managed to get in there and get and slather my iPhone, which now means I have an iPhone where Touch ID doesn't work, the microphone barely works, the speaker sounds like it's distorted and muffled, and it's just a horrible, horrible mess. And Apple have been absolutely useless in helping with this thing. The only thing we can recommend to you, sir, is either you pay us fifty or uh, £30 pounds to send it to us, or you drive the three hours each way to go and get a rip ahead. But anyway, let's go back to the race. Now, as I said to you earlier on, the maximum distance I've ever run has been six miles, which is about an hour, which is about 10 minutes a mile. Now, there was a small, small, small part of me that was going to aim for trying to do 13.1 miles in under two hours. It soon became painfully clear that I wasn't going to be able to do that. Not for any fault of my own. Well... I say that, I don't actually you know if I would have done it in hindsight, and hindsight's a brilliant thing, but when you're running with so many people, it's really, really hard to get your stride right, to get your pace right, because your is, it's that scene on a dodgeball, dodge, dock, dodge, weave, duck, dive, and dodge, I'll have to go and get the sound clip for that before I publish this, so running in a straight line you can do it, but you're always stuck behind someone, and you'd be amazed at the amount of people who just suddenly slam on the anchors in front of you. They just go, "Ah, oh, right, la la la, stop!" Oh, good lord! And then, don't get me wrong, you know I'm patient. You know I was patient up until about mile nine, where I had a bit of a small tangent to myself. But so we're going along, and also one thing I've got to mention here is that you can't run on the sides of the, on the verges because. If you run on the verges, you're going up on the verge, coming off the verge, and then you're always jumping over a bottle or something, or there's people cheering you on, and you know, you don't want to be in the way of them as much as they don't want to be in the way of you. So it's challenging to say the least. Mile four came and went, mile five came and went. Unfortunately, there was water stations and I was gelling up properly, or I thought I was gelling up properly, because one thing that I kept forgetting. I wasn't running 12 miles, I was running 13.1 and I did sabotage myself a bit towards the end. Mile 6 comes in, comes and goes, we're on the Gateshead Road, which is a really long road and especially even longer when you've never run this distance and this far and you don't know if you're going to be able to do it. I mean, you are literally, I was looking out thinking, right, I've just done six miles, I'm halfway there and then a few seconds later it hit me yet again, I was like, no, I'm not halfway there seven and a bit miles is there but what was confusing even more was that runkeeper. Whenever i hit a six mile when i hit the six mile mark I said i had done 6.2 miles because obviously you're ducking and diving dodging between people and that adds all adds to the distance after mile six mile seven comes and then between mile seven and nine things were very very hard work the roads were narrower it was still a dual carriageway but like i say you're sharing this with you know, upwards of 57,000 people, obviously not all at the same time, but it's not exactly a big situation. Then after mile nine to heading towards mile 10, that's when the pain came in. That's when the legs were starting to go. The mind was starting to go. And all I wanted to do was just run up to mile 10 and go, right, I'm going to walk for a little bit now. And I couldn't make it up there. I think I was a couple of hundred yards off the mile 10 mark. And it was like, no, I really, really, really just have to walk. And it's that thing where once you've got into a stage of running, it's harder to stop and start than it is just to keep going. And I know that sounds completely counterintuitive, but just that when you get to this point and you've not trained properly like I have, that sheer smaller amount of effort just to push yourself off and get going becomes more and more monumental as you go along. It's fair to say that as I walked past the mile 10 marker and runkeeper then decided to talk me by saying you run 10.3 miles. only for me to say politely to myself, I blinking well, wish I was. picked up the Lucas Aid because it was sponsored by Lucas Aid, which fully enough you would think is not the best drink in the world. but one thing I have learned through lots of trial and error is you just sip. Which is really bad for the environment because, you wouldn't, well, for me, I can only take a couple of sips and then I have to throw the bottle away. And just seeing how much waste there was, you would be surprised that they didn't manufacture, you know, race-sized bottles or something like that. However, there was some good news. My playlist finally came into its own and I was roused into life by none other than Taylor Swift. Right at the moment where I was at my lowest ebb and the legs would not work and I was getting frustrated and boxed in and couldn't find my stride, Swifto comes on and picks me up. And there I am slapping my legs just to try and get the blood flowing, to to get the muscles going. And we head off again. Mile 10, that was hard. But then at mile 11 and a half, the weirdest thing happened. I think I've got that runner's euphoria where you've gone past the worst bit. You know that you've suddenly broken yourself and your body's going, okay, well, you're broken. You might as well just carry on. And then you see the mile 12 sign. And what a sight that was. Now, yeah, I hadn't forgotten that it's 13.1 miles, but the best thing about the mile 12 sign is that after... I would say a mile and a half of very gradual inclines to see a lovely, lovely steep slope down into the the down towards the sea was a very, very welcome sight for sore eyes indeed. And the best thing was you get to run along the. the the sea fronts at Gateshead. Even better was the Red Arrows display because they were doing things like, you know, crossing over, they did a heart in the sky, which is absolutely amazing. And they were there at the start as well for the, the main pack of people. They just did a formation flyover, which is absolutely amazing to watch. So you've got all this euphoria and it was so good to see so many people clapping and cheering and then you see the 800 meter sign, which is about three quarters of a kilometer, half a kilometer, I think, or just over round about a back kilometer, anyway. From 800 to 400 felt like an eternity. But then, funny thing is, you hit the 400 meters to the end, and suddenly you just find the extra little thing inside you, and at the 200 meter mark, somehow I managed to pick up my legs and just do a, a bit of a quick sprint, which turned out to be quite good, actually, because looking at my finishing times, I was uh, you yeah, know, if I'd have gone that little bit faster, but we can all say that. And then there was the end, crossing the line and hearing the beep beep. And at that moment of crossing line, that's when my body, and my brain, I'm pretty sure went into some sort of state of shock. I just sort of doing it. I I, I wouldn't, I, I don't mind admitting it. I was emotional. I was close to tears at having done something that I'd never thought I would have done. And this all started less than a year ago for me. I mean, I was sat on my sofa pretty much this time last year doing nothing. And it just happened to be that I thought, you know what? Everyone's all about getting healthy and the girlfriend was running a lot. And I started all this just by doing the couch to 5k using the couch to 5k app. So what do you do after you finished? Well, you go on the Twitter and the Facebook. Which, of course, was completely pointless because there's so many people there, the cell phones and everything just can't cope yet again. Thankfully, though, the Great North Run, when you cross, it automatically tweets and Facebook's your finish time. So even if you did well or even if you didn't, it's up there for the world to see. The gel pack Instant had taken its... Well, I'm not going to say the gel pack had taken its toll on my phone, but for weeks now, I've been running iOS 9 Betas. I know they're not supposed to be the best, but I've put it on iOS 9.1. What happens is the battery runs down faster than ever before. You get to 20% low power. You can blink, fart look the other way, come back to your phone, then it says 10% and this is in low power mode and then it just shuts off. And it's been getting worse and worse and worse and worse. So I didn't really have a chance to tweet or do anything. I was going to do a latch cast, which may have gone up. I don't actually know because, again, the phone just absolutely died. Funny thing was... After the start, I was just there and I was I was a little bit comatose. The body's in shock, the mind's in shock. I'm stretching out and, you know, when the organisers comes up saying, oh, are you all right, pal? And just touches me on the back, you know, a bit of a sign of affection and all that. And I was stretching and it was at that point I collapsed. My legs at that moment just gave out from underneath me. And, you know, fair dues to the organiser. He did stretch me out, ask if I was okay and before he moved on. And that was it then. I was just in this comatose state of shock waiting for Emma to finish, just walking around like a zombie. But I did get my medal, which is the most important thing, and the t-shirt, which obviously I've not stopped wearing since Sunday. And fair news to Emma, when she saw me, she looked at me and said, are you okay? And I, I was literally incapable of answering. I think... Like I said, I must have been in a state of shock. So thankfully, having a yeah, world's best girlfriend, I got fed, I got watered, and even better, we went for a couple of pints afterward, which is allowed because that's good post-recovery. And only two fifty a pint. Check that out. Two fifty a pint on a race day. That was absolutely amazing. Even better, the buses back from Gateshead to Newcastle were only £3.50 each, and they took the rat run so we weren't stuck in traffic, and we got dropped outside, funnily enough, another pub, which was brilliant. So we thought, well, there's no point going straight back home to open up the Pacheco. I mean, that's how we celebrate all of our little races and achievements with some Pacheco. Of course, iPhone died, tried to charge it up, wouldn't charge up. up, in there with a cotton bud. I wish I'd had the Apple Watch with me. I did take it with me. However, what do you need with your Apple Watch? More than anything, the charger. And this is Wednesday. The big news is that today iOS 9 has dropped, but Apple Watch, OS sorry, OS Watch or Watch OS 2 hasn't. Bit disappointing as I've got another run in three weeks. Yes, that's right. Not content with doing one half marathon a month. I'm doing two. In his little time. So, in two weeks, uh, sorry, in three weeks' time, I'll be running the Cardiff Half Marathon. I think that really covers it all. I mean, obviously, we had to drive back, and that was another eight and a half hour drive where it was rainy, rainy, sunny, and then absolutely howled it down and flooded us. But even worse, when we got back, we thought, right, we'll order some pizza, which is good recovery food, apparently. Well, I'm not going to disagree with the other half on that one. And They have no drivers available for our area. They were delivered locally, but living three miles away from the local pizza place doesn't count as being local, apparently. All in all, if I had to sum up, it was one heck of an experience. I wish we'd flown because we really, really could have done without the the long drive up and the long drive back. And working out fuel-wise, I think we got about 50 miles to the gallon, which... Yeah, it would it was cheaper than flying, but you got you know, you gotta take into account just how long it is and how exhausting it is and everything like that. I don't think we could have flown because we couldn't have dropped the dogs off to the kennels and everything like that, but never mind. So there we have it. That's my little rampant mumbling about running my first half marathon. And one thing that I did say the one thing that I must must do is thank the people who went over to the just giving page and had a look and to Well, it's Mr. Carl Madden, once again, saves the day, who made a very, very, very generous donation to my girlfriend, Emma. That money goes to the Tesco Charities Trust, which is split between the British Heart Foundation and the Diabetes Foundation. And the best thing is, you can still donate. And the brilliant thing is like whatever we raise, Tesco will add 20% of the total on top as well. It doesn't come to us. It doesn't go into our PayPal account and everything like that. There's no admin fees for us or... Well, for for in our side, it goes straight to those charities. So thank you to everyone who looked and from Emma as well. Thank you very much for those who donated as well. And although, and you know what? Some people might be listening to us. Oh, well, you only got one charity donation and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? One... It's better than nothing. So on that note, don't forget, you can catch me over at Ocean Speed on the Twitter via essentialmac.co.uk and on the Mac and Forth show, which is being recorded right after I've done this podcast. So until next time, I'm going to have some more podcasting normality, hopefully, as you can tell, it's been a bit of a long week already. And I'll have some really exciting podcasting news, which I'm hoping to announce at the end of the week. Now, I believe that's in the trade trade. a trailer so until then thank you very much for listening if you do like the show please 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 take a moment out of your time to rate us on itunes i know it's a pain i know if you use overcast intercast downcast sidecast dropbox or soundcloud or speaker stretcher iHeartRadio or whatever, I know it's a pain in the ass to go into the iTunes store, find us, click on the stars. If you've got to log in, you've got to log in, put your password in. Hopefully, you haven't forgot your password because that means doing a reset password. But if you can find your way around to doing all of that, please, please do, as it really, really, really is appreciated. And on that note, I'll see you all shortly. Thanks for listening. Cheerio.